All right. This morning is our first Sunday of Advent. Um, the people uh, 2,000 years ago had been waiting for a Messiah, and, um, and, it, and he came in the form of a baby. And we know that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And the angels sang about it, and the shepherds shouted out about it, and the wise men came and brought gifts to the Lord, and, you know, and then there were those who didn't believe, and those who uh, refused to believe even to this day. But we know that God is with us, and we have hope, hope in that. So that's what our theme is today. If we, we're going to be talking about hope. Our scripture that we're going to focus on comes from uh, the book of Luke. If you have a Bible and you would like to look in, in the book of Luke in chapter 1 and verse 26 to 38, and I'm going to go ahead and read our scripture this morning, and it comes from, again, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, and I'll be reading um, the New Living Translation. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You know, one of the things about Christmas season is receiving Christmas cards. Does anybody... Um, you know, I, I guess we still give and send Christmas cards um, through the mail. Um, nowadays, there's uh, electronic e-cards and, and all that good stuff. But um, it's fun. It's fun to get Christmas cards, right? It's fun to collect them. As a kid, I remember we would tape them all to the, you know, we had this one wall, and we would, every time we'd go to the mailbox and we'd get a Christmas card from Aunt so-and-so and Uncle so-and-so, We'd tape them up, you know, and then you could see all the wonderful cards that, and, and they're always pretty, and there's glittery ones, and there's nativity ones, and there's all kinds of fun stuff. <clears throat> so it's, it's fun to receive those, right? Especially with little kids. And, um, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago, Mary received some angelic mail. Wake up. <laughs> she received some heavenly mail in the form of a message from an angel. Just imagine 
you are in your room or wherever you are, and all of a sudden a bright light appears to you and someone starts talking to you um, and gives you a message from God himself. Now, Mary, you know, she was, a, she was afraid. And we know this because the angel said, Mary, don't be afraid, but I'd be afraid too if I saw some big angel. I mean, you know, we, at first you think, oh, I'd love to see an angel, but, you know, from what I hear about them, what the Bible reveals, they're really big and bright and great and powerful. And um, so she was kind of afraid. But, um, but, the, but God had an important message to deliver to Mary. So he didn't send her a Christmas card or a letter on parchment paper, which they probably had back then, but he sent her a divine message from a divine being. And, he, and the angel told her what? That she was highly favored by God. And in her mind, she was thinking, who am I? You know, I'm a teenage girl. A woman is at that, back in those days, was, you know, insignificant, especially an unmarried woman. But Christ came through her, and he came for all, and he was called Emmanuel, God with us. So what this means to you personally, and what we're going to talk about today, is that there is hope. Whether anyone else knows you or not, God knows you personally. So think about Mary. She, was, she wasn't anybody in particular. She wasn't famous. She wasn't a princess. She was a little girl from from Galilee, a small little town, unmarried young woman. And God used her because he knew her. So we can take hope this morning and knowing that the Lord knows our status. So God knew who Mary was. God picked her on purpose. And like I said before, she wasn't famous. She wasn't it wasn't something special, like miraculously, like she wasn't super talented in something or everybody knew her a princess. She was an ordinary girl. But God had something else in mind. And you know what that was? She had a willing heart. That was one thing that he knew about Mary. He knew that if he chose her, that she would be perfect. She would obey him. She would do what... You know, because there's some people that he could have chosen that would have been like, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to run away, you know, but God knew that she had a willing heart. So what that means for you today is that God knows what you're dealing with. God knows who you are. We, we think sometimes that God runs away from us, but in reality, we run away from God. But God knows you, and God is with you. God is with us at all times, because God is everything and everywhere. God is all-present. He's, he's omnipotent, and he's, um, oh, what's the other omni? But he is all. He is all-present, he's all-knowing, and he's all-seeing. And he knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And that's, a, that's awesome, because the great thing about that is, is that he already knows what's, what he has in store for you. We have to be able to accept that and have a willing heart like Mary did. We have to be obedient because what God has in store for you is better than what you think that you want for yourself. And you always have to, and I have to remind myself of that too. I've been in situations before. I've been 
to the bottom, they say. I've been there. I've been, but I had to have a willing heart to let God use me. I did not ever see myself standing at a pulpit preaching. Number one, I grew up Baptist and women don't ba- preach. They don't let the women preach. So, like, there's no way I would, if someone would tell me that as a kid, I'd be like, yeah, right, only the old guy preaches with the gray hair, you know? Um, I would never imagine. Public speaking, yeah, right, I would never speak in front of anybody. And now I do it all the time. But it's because God, I allowed God to use me and mold me. And I'm continuing because I don't know what else God has in store for me. Sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes you get discouraged. We all get discouraged. No matter where we are in life, we get discouraged. But we have to remember that there's hope. And we have to remember that God does love you. God does have a plan for you. And we just have to reconnect to God. God had a plan for Mary. She had to listen. The next thing we can take hope is that God knows our fears. God knows what we're afraid of. Have you seen that show Fear Factor? Where they got to, there's all these different challenges and like, you know, some of them have snakes and some, you know, because, you know, the producers are trying to find fears of, but God knows different fears. I mean, yeah, we could be afraid of spiders and cockroaches, but God knows the fears that we have in our heart. Mary was afraid when she, you know, heard about what the angel was saying. Because in the, today, if a, girl, if a girl's unmarried and she gets pregnant, I mean, it's not that great, but it's not like, she doesn't get shunned by society. It's not even, but back then, she could have been killed. Joseph could have been killed because they would have said, oh, you impregnated her and y'all aren't even married. Because they, you know, their life was in danger. She was afraid. I mean, this was not just, oh, a teen pregnancy that we think about, and it's on TV show nowadays. You know, they have those teen pregnancy TV shows. This is crazy. This was serious. Even today in some of those countries over there, they, you ruin the honor of your family's name, you are, eh, they don't care. You're dead. You're gone. And that's how it was back then. So she was deeply afraid. We have different fears and anxieties. You know, other, you know, we have, and God knows what your fear is in your heart. He knows what you're afraid of. You know, we might be afraid of failing. We might be afraid of being alone. We might be afraid of, you know, not being able to provide for our families and ourselves. We might be afraid that nothing good's ever going to happen again in our lives. But God knows that fear he knows what you're dealing with, and he knows, <clears throat> he knows everything about you, and he, but he still loves you, and that's why he sent Christ to be with you and to give you the hope of heaven. He didn't come to the earth to leave you alone. God came to be with us. Jesus came as a human to live among us, to show us that there's hope, to show us that God's there and God's real, and to show us the life that we can live. That's why Jesus came. There's hope. There's hope. And he knows your fears. But we can also take hope because the Lord knows your purpose. What was Mary's purpose? Well, we can look back into the scripture. The purpose that Mary had for God, she was going to be with child. She was going to give birth to a son. She was going to name him Jesus. I know when I was pregnant, God didn't tell me, you are going to have a son named Joey Griffin. 
I could. I didn't even know. I had one ultrasound, and I couldn't even tell because he was turned backwards. I didn't even know I was going to even have a son. I was like, all right, surprise. You know, I didn't even know I was going to name him Joey until, you know, we, well, his name is Robert Joseph, but when I first saw him, I'm like, oh, we're going to call him Joey. But an angel didn't tell me, but the angel told her, you are going to name him Jesus. You and all will know that he will be great. You and all will know that he will be called the Son of the Most High. You and all will know that the Lord God will, be, will give him David's throne. All this comes from the scripture. And, and there are several scriptures that talks about all of this stuff. You and all will know that he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And that his kingdom will never, ever end. This was Mary's purpose. Mary had a big pur life purpose. But if she hadn't have been willing and she had been afraid and just went along with her fears, just imagine how things could have turned out. But God knew, and this was Mary's, pur Mary's purpose. Now, don't you wish that uh, angel would come and tell you, your, you know, your life purpose is this. Well, it doesn't happen for all of us that way. But we need to be reminded that we, God does have a purpose for us. God knows everything. God knows and he weaves it together perfectly more beyond our imagination, but beyond what we could even, even think about. <clears throat> God knows what he's doing. If you read you know, the history and if you read through the Bible and you read different accounts, you can see how from the, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, how God worked it all together over thousands of years apart and how all these different prophecies had come to pass you know and how everything worked out and it's God is still working it out but we we have to continue to live and have to think what is God doing in my life and how what I'm going through today we talked about this in prayer and we were talking about earlier how what I'm going through today how's that going to help me in the future how is that and how can I serve God better and how can I love myself because remember you have to love yourself how can I love my neighbors how can I love God better and instead of focusing on where we're at and how horrible we might our situation might be we have to have hope God has a purpose for me God has a purpose for me and I have to always continue to remind myself as well I'm not preaching something that I haven't been through God, what is my purpose? What do you have for me? And the Salvation Army, as officers, God, or the Salvation Army moves us around to different cities, and we don't know when or where. You know, we don't know when he's when they're going to call us up and say, "Hey, you're moving." I mean, we know that it's around June time, but we don't know which year it's going to happen. You know, and we're waiting by the phone. Am I going to get a call this year? Am I, where am I going to go? And it's scary, you know? It's sometimes it's like, and then sometimes you get a call and you're like, you're going here and you're just like, what? You know, why am I here? But God has a purpose. But if we get discouraged and I'm like, I don't want to go to San Antonio. What a horrible city. Just kidding. I like San Antonio. <laughs> Actually, I was really excited to come to San Antonio. But if I hadn't have been, you know, I would have missed out many blessings and meeting many people and being able to minister to a lot of people. And, and, obviously, and also because I have a son, you know, and, and um, there's opportunities he may have missed and missed out on if we had missed our blessing. But God has a purpose. God has it all worked out. 
And God is in control, as we talked about earlier. And then finally, we can take hope because the Lord can do the impossible. Mary was ready for the impossible. She was a virgin. Now, whether people believed or not, I mean, there's still controversy to this day because, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to be, you know, doubters or people trying to negate this and that and the other. But we know and we believe the Bible and we believe what God's written for us that Mary was a virgin and that the Holy Spirit did come upon her and Jesus was, was, um, was born and that she had no relations with anyone. You know, um, that's one of the biggest things in our doctrines, you know, is, as Christians in the Christian church, you know, about the virgin birth. You know, and God was divine, uh, Jesus was divinely conceived and he was holy. But also Jesus came as a man. Jesus came as a human. You know, and he had problems too. You know, just like all of us. Jesus had friends. If we read through the Bible, um, his friend died. And he cried. He was upset about it, you know. Uh, Jesus played with the children. Which, honestly, if you look in their culture, they didn't really do that. That's why the disciples were like, get the children. What are you doing? Get the children away. They need to go and over there and do something else. And, you know, but Jesus was trying to prove a point about faith and having faith like a child, but he still received them. Um, he talked to the women. He let women come with him. Women were, I'm telling you, they're even still today, some, a lot of countries over there, women are below the servants. But Jesus was like reminding everybody, and he was, he was radical for his day. I love it. I love it when I start studying. You've got to study the culture because it's not like America. It wasn't like if Jesus came right now today. It was totally different. He went. He pushed the barriers. And that's why the Pharisees and stuff didn't like him either. He pushed it. But he, was, but he was honest and he was truthful. And he was like, we are all children of God. Each and every one of us are a child of God. Each and every one of us have a right an inheritance to the spiritual heavenly things that God has for us. All of us do, no matter what gender we are, no matter what age we are, no matter what culture we are. Jesus reached out to the whole world. And we, we, the, the scripture that we, a lot of, most people know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The whole world. And, and the Jews and the Gentiles, and, you know, they were separate. And Jesus is like, we need to bring them together. Even when he was telling his disciples this, they're like, wait a minute, Jesus. Hold on. I know that God came for us, the Jewish people, but them Gentiles over there? Uh-uh. You know? And God's like, Jesus like, no, we are. He, remember he talked to the Samaritan woman? Oh, my gosh. Number one, talking to a Samaritan was not a good thing. Number two, a woman. But Jesus was trying to prove, look, we have to love one another. We have to help each other out. It doesn't matter. We're all here living a life that God has for us. We have different circumstances, but you're no better than me. I'm no better than you. You're not better than Samaritan woman. She's not better than you. You know, we all have purpose. And God can do the impossible. You might be sitting there right now thinking, it's impossible for me to get out of this situation. It's impossible for this to happen. But you know what? If you turn it around and you talk, start talking to God about it, and you start praying and believing, God's going to do the impossible for you. He's done it for me.
plenty of times. Plenty of times. You know, when I was, when my, my son was a baby, you know, my husband wouldn't work and this and that, and we were almost in a homeless shelter, and I'm like, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do. I'm like 22 years old. I have nothing, nowhere to go, and God just changed everything. I just said, I remember, God, I give it to you, and I can't do this. I don't know what to do. Please help me take care of my baby. And slowly but surely, things started coming. I had to take action. I couldn't just sit on my, my bum and wait for everything. I, you know, I had to take the steps. But God brought me through all that. And now, I can use the things that I've been through to help other people. I came to the Salvation Army and started because I wanted to give back to God what he had given to me. And so he used me to be, you know, through ministry, because that's the purpose he had for me. You know, and I still continue and continue on. But God can do the impossible, you know. And we see miracles and we hear about them. But if you don't believe for yourself, you block it. If you don't have faith, Jesus said. Remember when the, the disciples were trying to, to um, heal this guy? And, and they couldn't. And Jesus came up and, and he's like, it's because you didn't have enough faith. Because you really didn't believe that you could do it. You doubted too much, you know? And that's what happens to us sometimes. We're like, well, everybody else, it can happen, but not for me. It won't, it just can't happen for me. Well, you're blocking it because you can't see anything but that. When it's right here, over here, you're like, it's not for me. And because you can't see it, you've blocked it out. It's like, you know, those horses, you know how they put those things, the blinders on the horses? Oh, I can't see it. It's not happening to me. But if you take the blinders off and you start to look around, and you start to take chances and take, take these risks that maybe you wouldn't have, but in a positive way, stay away from the negative way because that's going to take you back down the wrong road. God can do the impossible. He can lift you up and he can bless you and he can put you somewhere in a state that you never imagined. And I'm not saying he's going to give you a mansion in a... That doesn't bring happiness and joy. Material things... But he can give you peace in your heart. He can give you a purpose. He can put you on that right path to be a blessing for others. The more that you bless others, the more that you in your own heart have peace and blessings. Mary and Joseph had a long road. They had to run from, you know, King Herod <laughs> trying to kill the babies. He wanted to try to kill Jesus, you know. They had to they had escaped. They had to go to Egypt for a while. Um, it wasn't always easy. I'm sure the Bible doesn't really talk about when Jesus was uh, a kid or anything. But just imagine, I mean, Mary probably had to endure ridicule. But God protected them. And God, you know, had a plan for them. You know, even in Jesus' hometown, when he got older and he was preaching, people didn't want to hear it. That's why I said they won't accept you in your hometown. And he had to go out and preach because they didn't want to hear it. So Jesus didn't always have it easy. People tried to kill him. Well, they did kill him, you know. But what happened when Peter cut off the guy's ear? Jesus put it back on, you know. And most of us would be like, oh, yeah, you know, we want to be like Peter, you know. We're like, no, we're going to kill them all. And Jesus is like, no, what are you doing? This is not what I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you to love one another. Quit doing that. Here, put your ear back on, you know. I mean, but Jesus, Jesus came for totally to teach us a different way of thinking. And that's another, we have to change the way we think. We have to change our hearts, and we have to listen to God. It's not, 
easy, but it's a practice. You know, if you want to if you want to learn how to play the piano, you can't just go up to it and start playing Beethoven, right? It takes baby steps. Now, the first day you try it and you don't know how to read music and it just looks like a bunch of jumbled up mess. If you just quit right then and there, you'll never learn, right? You'll never know how to do it because you just already gave up. But if you little by little, every day, take one step. You know, the first step today, I'm going to pray, you know, before I go to bed. Every night, I'm going to make that a practice. And maybe you could write it down, what you want to pray for. Or, or you can, so if you like to write and journal, keep a journal. And every day or a week or however you want to do it, write something in it. What I used to do a long time ago when I was going through a lot of hard times when my son was a baby, I started, I would write a letter to myself and I would write, dear Lord, this is my situation and this is my prayer. You know, I pray that I can get out of the situation or whatever. And so I remember one distinct, distinctive one, it was in December and my son was, was going to be turning two. So he was, he was a year and a half and I remember writing, God, I just pray that my son can have a birthday cake and a present. For, birth, for his birthday. That's all I prayed. Like, I, I just want to be able to give him a cake. He was only going to be two, but, you know, and, and one present, at least one present for him, you know, because I didn't have nothing. We, were, we had nothing. And so, and I wrote on there, you know, so I was going to read it in six months, and that was when his birthday. So I forgot about it, you know, I put it away, tucked it away. Six months later, I pulled it out, and it was like, I guess it was after, because he had two birthday cakes. That's, he had lots of presents from, we had, we had got out of our situation. We were staying with a friend. Her mom had bought him stuff. The neighbor had come over with their kids and brought presents. And my friend made him a cake, and then the neighbor made him a cake. And I just couldn't believe, because I didn't remember that I'd wrote that. I didn't remember that I had prayed that. I had, because it had been six months, and there had been a lot of things that had happened. God answered my prayer above and beyond. All I asked for was one cake and one present. I got two cakes. Who gets two cakes on their birthday? Oh, my gosh, you know, and he was only two. And, I, you know, he doesn't remember because he was a baby. But for me, it was just like, wow, how many things have I prayed that God has answered and I don't even remember praying for him? So I started doing that for, for, for a while. For many years, I still have the letters and um and I started doing that, and, and then I was able to see what God had done for me and that I had not even remembered. And I was just, and I can go back, I haven't read them in years, but if I go back now and even reread now, I'm sure I'm still going to be even more shocked and amazed. Sometimes we don't even realize that God is working, working in our lives and if we're only paying attention to all the bad stuff, because there's always going to be bad stuff, we're never going to re realize the blessings that God has for us or has done for us already. So that's, that's something that you can do that you can see for your own self, that what God has done for you. And then, and then when you reread that stuff and you go back and you're like, oh, and then your faith is stronger, you know, and then things can, will continue to move forward because you will have more hope. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, God is there. God is listening. Ask for signs and stuff. You know, God, just like the woman shared with us, God, show me a sign that you're here. And even if it's just that, you know, because God, 
you know, he put his arms around her and she felt him, you know, and it's true. Ask God, all right, God, what do you, what do you, want, for, what do you want for me? What do you want me to do? What do you have for my purpose? And, and, and when you believe and you, and you receive it, and then you pass it on. Pass it on to, to other people and share with them that hope. And, and continue to love one another. Be friends with somebody who doesn't have any friends. I'm sure each of us knows someone has seen someone around that doesn't have any friends. You know, you can change someone's life just by giving someone a hug and being like, hey, let me, let me, let me help you out here. Here, come over here. Let's, let's, let's talk. You know how you might even save someone's life, literally save someone's life by doing that. And then once you start to do those kind of things and the love of God is filled in your heart and you're giving that back and that flow, it's like that endless fountain. You know, we talk, there's a Sunday school song called Deep and Wide. Deep and Wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. The fountain of the love of God that's flowing, you know, and when that, when you get it going, it's because you've been to a stagnant pool, right? Where it's just, the water doesn't move ever and it's just a stagnant and it's just nasty and goopy but then you go to a running river and that awesome like the river have you ever been to a river or seen a river that's just flowing and it's beautiful and, and maybe there's a waterfall that's what we want we want that flowing from god we want the flow to come down just imagine it flowing just through your whole body you know and you want to continue and then out your heart to other people you want that flowing out you know that love and you could do it even as a child even little Miguel over here who's fell asleep, he, he has a love of God in him. And I know it because I, I see it through the way how kind he is and how loving this little child is. He's just tired because he stayed up too late, I think. But he, but you can, his mom can testify, his sisters and Captain and Joey. This little boy right here, God's got big plans for him and I already know it because I can tell. And if he, if he continues to be to have the faith that he does and doesn't get discouraged by the troubles of the world, imagine the great things that God has for this little boy. He had faith. His dad was, you know, his dad's over here. He was in Mexico trying to settle some stuff with his uh, family. You might have heard Brenda talking, his wife talking about it. And he was beat up and he was in the hospital in a coma. They thought he was going to die. This just happened when? A couple months ago, Brenda? In September. But this little boy right here said, Mama, what did he tell you? He said, don't worry, Mom, right? Don't worry, God's got this. This little boy right here had to comfort his mama. Mama, don't worry. God's got, my dad's going to be okay. And look, right, he's right here. He's okay. He's alive. He came back. Like even, right, Brenda, even quicker than they said that he would. You know, because, and, and God, and, and so this little boy's face even stronger. And he's like, I told you. I told you my dad's going to be fine. God, God's got this. If we can do that, if we can have that kind of faith, like this little boy right here, God's got this. Don't worry about it. I mean, when poor Brenda's over here in tears, can't even think, you know, and here's little Miguel, like, don't worry, Mama. And so let's be like that. Don't worry. God's got this. God loves you, and we have hope. So this Christmas season, when you see the trees, you see the nativity scenes, and you see the bells ringing, Think you're, God's got this. God's got this. I, all right, God, I, I know you got this. You know, 
Show me what you do. What's the next step? What am I going to do next? That's what I want you to think about today. Mary was a virgin. She was a young woman who had no high ranking in society. She was low of the low. You know, nobody knew she was insignificant. And God took it and turned her into the mother of the Most High Son. Because she was willing. She had faith. She overcame her fears. Because God was what he knew. God, she knew. And that's what I want you to remember. Jesus was born in a stable. He wasn't born in a mansion. Jesus, you know, he didn't have it easy. But he, he had God. And we have God. And that's what I want you to remember today. And this morning, we're going to give you opportunity. Because I don't think we should leave this place until you've, had, until you've talked to God. You hear, you hear what I'm saying. You hear what God's speaking to your heart. And now it's time for you to, to talk to God. Don't, I don't want you to leave this place without speaking a word in your heart. And Captain's going to play some music. And you can sit right where you are or you can come to the altar and give it to God. But I want you to talk to God. And he knows what's in your heart. And I want you to talk to him. Right, and this is the opportunity. And we're going to play a song. And then afterwards, Captain will pray and she will dismiss us. But don't forget and continue to practice every day talking to God and reconnecting with Him to find out and, and don't, don't lose hope.
Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you have done. And like that song said, Lord, what can we do but praise you? What can we do but, but make everything, our lives, the very breath we breathe, Lord, what can we do but make everything about you and what you are doing for us in our lives, Lord? So let us come, Lord, before you this day with adoration, with reverence, in celebration of what you have done for us and what you will still do, the blessings that you have in store for us all when we have faith, when we believe, and when we claim it. Be with us this day. And we commit these things unto you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.